I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched The Little Prince and the Eight-Headed Dragon, or Wanpaku Oji no Orochi Taiji. Uh, The direct translation of that title is actually The Naughty Prince's Orochi Slaying. Okay. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> There's a little bit of a different vibe to it. Gee. So. Uh, this film is based on the Shinto myth of the storm god Suzano's battle with the Yamata no Orochi, which is an eight-headed dragon. Who would like to give a... Brief, spoiler-free plot synopsis. Um. All right, I'll, I'll do it. So the movie starts with kind of a, a creation myth, and you learn about Izanami and Izanagi... I guess they helped kind of create the the world or whatever. Sorry, I don't remember. But uh, the the movie is actually centers around their son, uh, Susano. And from the beginning, you can see he's kind of, he's very strong. He's impetuous. His mother tries to like teach him a lesson that, you know, you can be strong, but you also have to have a big heart. Uh, and there's a nice scene with them. And then soon after she, uh, she dies and he's very upset and he wants to go to where she is. The dad is like, you can't. And uh, he tries to swim and then he wants to take one of their boats. But the dad isn't going to give it to him. So he makes his own boat and he goes to see his plan is to see his brother, his sister to learn where his mom is. Because she said that she was in a or did he say or she said she she came to him after he tried to swim. Yeah. So she said that he she's in a kingdom far away. It is like peaceful and, and beautiful. So that's where he wants to go. And his brother and sister are Yes, his his brother is the uh moon god and his sister is the sun goddess. First he goes to the brother, on the way he fights a big fish, defeats it. The king of the sea helps him find uh where his brother is. He goes to his brothers the court or the the guards are suspicious of Susano, so there's some kind of back and forth uh, about letting him see his brother. Uh, he eventually gets to throws a tantrum uh, because the guards are being mean, but the brother is like, whatever, uh, fixes it, it's fine. Uh, he can't or chooses not to help him, like tell him where his mom is. But he gives uh, a little ice crystal to uh, Susano's uh, travel companion, which is a rabbit named Akahana. Next, they go to the um, sun goddess's place. On the way, Susano defeats a fire god and picks up another traveling companion. Uh, The boon given by the brother is used to defeat that fire god. So he goes to his sisters. She's like, I can't help you, but you should stay. I'd be very happy. You can help. Or, sorry. the His traveling companion is looking for a place for his people to stay. So she's like, they can stay here. You guys prep it for them. So they go to do that. Susano makes a few mistakes because he's not, uh, he's being careless about how he's prepping the land and something tramples the the kingdom's crops they lose water they flood the crops so the sun goddess 
the court and Susano are fighting. The sun goddess just pieces out. And so the court has to, like, uh, tempt her or, like, trick her uh, out of this cave that she has barricaded herself in. And after she comes out, she's like, sorry, the court says you got to leave Susano. Like, I love you, but you can't stay here. But, like, help people, be kind. You'll you'll find where your mom is or where our mom is or whatever. Uh, so he goes to do that or he, he leaves, meets a young girl, Kushinada. And she is the eighth daughter of an old couple who will be taken by a dragon soon. And Susano is going to help her. And that's kind of the climax of the film. Him fighting this eight-headed dragon. Orochi. And yeah, I guess that's where our <laughs> that's it. It's a quest movie. <laughs> he, go, he goes on a quest and goes through a series of adventures. What did we think of this movie? Visually, I liked it. I liked the style. Uh, there was some cute designs it had a lot of character uh it was enjoyable enough some scenes were a bit long i don't know if i'd necessarily recommend it but i i enjoyed watching it yeah i think i'm about the same place i mean after we talk about it a little bit more uh but yeah i mean it it was beautifully it was beautifully animated lots of color i'm not quite sure if i would recommend it yet because just because the story drug in a lot of places but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it. Uh, yeah, I, I recommend it. It's not going to be one of my all-time favorites or anything, but I had a nice time. I, I think this uh, style of story isn't isn't necessarily one that emotionally grips me very much, um, but that doesn't make it less valuable. So yeah, I recommend it. Let's get specific. Let's start talking about story and characters. Characters, like I said that. Thanks. Characters. So do all of my Homestar Runner people out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what did we think? I, I did. I, of course, I liked uh, the, the the one and this. You talk about this with some of the characters in like Disney, but the rabbit got to be too much for me. <laughs> you don't like Akahana? Well, it just got to be too much, you know, <laughs> and and too much screen time in that sense because. Some of his shenanigans, I don't know. Just, yeah, I mean, he's there one fan. pretty much purely for shenanigans. So, yeah. 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 Uh, but other than, I mean. I, I did I, I did like the shenanigan where the the fire guy had a little fire guy version yes! that was attacking him. Yes! That, that was funny. Oh, my gosh. That was cute. I think where, what I liked the least is then the big the big guy that was from the Fire Nation. I don't remember Titan what his Bo. name was. How he kept, like, you know, just. Bossing rap- around and whatever, yeah. and yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like yeah, that dynamic. No, it- that just got old really quick. Um, I but I did uh, enjoy. Um, I did like Susano. Am I saying that correct? Yeah. Um, I did enjoy Susano, and and I really liked his mom. wasn't a huge fan of his dad. I really, <laughs> <laughs> and I really also liked, not a huge fan of his dad. Yeah, I really liked the uh, his brother and his sister. They were pretty cool. Uh, the sun god, you know, sorry, the sun goddess and and the moon god. Uh, yeah, they were pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, the moon god keeps some um, interesting company. Uh, his his guards have a way about them. I guess is, is what I'll say. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I I like how I absolutely loved the horse. The horse that oh yeah, that the, helped, yeah. towards the end to help fight the Orochi. There's there's a 
a white horse that's really cute that that helps that out fly and he's just amazing wonderful it's a good little horse yes uh but i do like um and valerie alluded to this in the in the synopsis at the beginning but i love how the brother just you know when they they basically he got all mad uh susanna got mad, mad because the guards put him in ice basically put which him on they ice. which they did because they were like we don't trust you we're not gonna let you in and he was like i'll kick your butts yeah <laughs> And they didn't want him, you know, to have violence. Well, then when he got out, he's like, you put me on ice. And then he destroyed everything. Just smashed And it just all. smashed. But then his brother just was able, like, with almost like just a hand wave motion. That was probably really back. satisfying for you who doesn't really like wanton it, it destruction. Was. I You're really like, oh, was, good, it's back. Okay. I know. I was really, really happy about that. <laughs> and, then, and then it was so funny with... Uh, the things, the shenanigans he got up in the celestial plane in heaven because... Uh, my, my favorite was the really sudden cut after Akahana started diverting the water and yes. then it just cuts to the sister saying he let all the water out. Yeah. <laughs> like that was a hilarious quick cut. Loved it. Yes, yes, yes. Because, I mean, you know, he, she's just like, he's... He's he's not a bad boy. He's just you know he's just he's just making some mistakes and then yeah he's doing his best. His best is just kind of really destructive. Yes, yes, he is. He was just he was a mess. Um, but yeah, I don't think he was trying to be best all time. No, yeah, he was trying know. to help. He was just he's just messing it up. A bit. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I feel like the rabbit was to blame with for some of this. The rabbit was an instigator. You like, know. we should do this and this and this, you know. I think I a bit of, yeah, instigator or enabler. Enabler, I yeah. think. is The, uh, the, I have it as Big Toma. He, he tried. He's like, well, maybe we should ask. Yeah. But they just w- weren't listening to him. Yeah, yeah. I think this movie had a uh, fun humor. You mentioned that cut. That was really funny. That was probably the... That literally made me laugh out loud. Probably the funniest part for me. In the beginning of the film, you had uh, Akahana being chased by a tiger. And uh, so Akahana was keeping ahead of it. Uh, Some stuff happened. Oh, Akahana tried to hide in the river with a straw sticking out so (laughs) that it could breathe. And that I think he. I think it's supposed to be a boy rabbit. I don't know, though. Yeah. So that he could breathe. And um, the tiger, like, oh, where, where is he? But then he, he was looking at this weird straw sticking up out of the river, so that when Akahana like peeked out, uh, the tiger was right there. So then they chased him again, and the tiger got in front of Akahana. There was like a Scooby Doo stop uh, with the uh, <laughs> the rabbit trying to like stop from running into the tiger's open mouth, and and managed to stop. But then when he turned around to go the other <laughs> way, his the tiger's tail started coming down like a, a railroad crossing arm. Yeah. And there was a complete with sound of the crossing. Yes. And the rabbit was just like, like stopped and like went to sit because it's like, well, I can't cross now. Right. <laughs> it's really funny. And there was another kind of anachronistic uh, humor in uh, the ice crystal. Once they realized the power that the ice crystal had against the fire uh, god... The ice crystal lit was lighting up and ro- the light was rotating like an ambulance light. And there was an ambulance oh, light yes. noise as the rabbit was trying to get it to uh, Susano. <laughs> the rabbit's just like kind of a cartoon character sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Or th- uh, and things surrounding the rabbit. So so that that was fun. Uh, I don't I don't think it was too, too out of place with like 
you know, sometimes the humor, like in Mulan 2, is just so out there, wasn't like the first film, so it felt out of place in the sequel. I don't think the anachronistic humor here felt too out of place. And they did a really good job overall with the jokes, you know, with the rabbit in the beginning. It was just about the part where they pick up the gentleman from the Fire Nation and then he starts, you know, wanting that guy to be subservient to him. And then it just feels like then the shenanigans or, you know, that he would try to, you know, instigate or try to perpetuate just got to be much. And then that then it feels like the things that he would do to supposedly help cause way more harm than good. And they just got old after a while. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, but I, I really enjoy many of the other characters. Um, and like I said, I really like the siblings. Yeah. The siblings are fun. Susanna is a, a pretty good little protagonist. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you mentioned the dad earlier and I think out of most of the other characters, his characterization felt the weakest. Like whenever, Susano learned of his mom leaving is what they said. He's like, I want to go see her. And he's like, you can't. And Susano just cried for a really long time and it made his dad angry. Uh, but his, yeah, like just how he treated Susano just felt uncaring. It did. And there was no, there was nothing else about him that you learned. So he's just like, seems like a bad dude. Yeah, and, and the dumb kind of explanation about, oh, the parent have just gone away, or I don't remember if he said to a better place, to a nice place. But, you know, again, that, that then a child is going to be like, you know, why can't I go visit them? I mean, you're saying they're, no one, they're gone No one ever, ever explains this dead. to him. Yes. No one Never. does it. The brother does it. The sister does it. Like, no one is just like, she died, man. I don't know. Like... Yeah, <laughs> she's, yeah. So, I mean, again, so, yeah, no wonder he's trying to go where his mom is. It's like, if right. she's gone somewhere, I will go to that place. So, yeah, yeah, this makes, so it could have very much been avoided. <laughs> this hotel could have been avoided, though. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else with story, characters, or voice acting? Let's go on to animation. This film eschewed the kind of soft, rounded look of previous Toei animated features for a more stylized one featuring distinctively modernist, abstracted character, background, and colored design. And I thought it looked very nice. Um, I like a lot of the little details, uh, including like gags like Valerie pointed out with the tiger's tail coming down like a railway cr- crossing arm. Um, the water receding from Susanna mm. when he's uh, screaming and crying or whatever. There, there was a, multiple uh, really cute characters like the baby Tanuki that was in the first part of the movie or the horse later, which is the cutest, most precious horse in the world. Yes. Um, I liked that. I really liked the animation of the, the fire god guy. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really fun effects work. He's just constantly in movement and stuff and all of his swooshing around and going in and out of like having a body versus just being a bunch of fire it it, it looked good like that was that was very fun and then also um during some of the final battle stuff there was a particular shot where at one point one of the heads of orochi was approach was going towards uh what's the girl's name uh kushinada kushinada and she was like kind of trying to crawl away and i thought that that the animation on her was like really fluid and, and realistic and like 
I, I really liked that shot. Like it was, it just felt really well done and well animated and made me like kind of feel what she's going through at that moment. That, that was a good one. Um, yeah. Overall, I think the animation's pretty spectacular. Like it's, it's good. Um, we were talking about when they, when he, uh, Susanna was fighting the fire God uh, and, and it would like split. Like first he was fighting one fire God and then it was two and then it was four. And then it was just like, and then it would just, you know, of course, like when he would hit the fire God um, in battle, then it would, you know, splinter off to sparks. But at one point, a little fire god, little spark was chasing the rabbit, yeah, and yeah. then in another time, another one was chasing um, their their friend from the fire yeah, nation. Yeah. And yeah, and, and that was really that was really fun to see. Agreed. I also really liked the animation of the sister, uh, and mm. well, actually, and the brother. I mean, they were very distinctive looking. Uh, yeah, and, they had they had a kind of a regalness about them, um, maybe even an otherworldliness. Mm-hmm. And the brother, of course, who looked like he was, you know, in a place all of ice, even though I, I guess the moon god reminded me. Uh, but he was very angular, like his mm-hmm. his face and his features almost uh, almost geometric, you know, almost shapes type thing. Yeah, I'd say he was probably one of the least human looking mm-hmm. of of the main human humanoid characters um his his guard people were even less human looking but yeah he yeah he he looked cool yeah and then the sister too but i i liked i guess this would have been a little bit more for story but i like when this when basically things got just out of chaos with Susano and stuff trying being up in heaven and and making a mess of things and basically then her entire court is screaming at Susano and he's He's screaming at them. I don't, I, I think they're all fighting too. And she basically is like, she just leaves and she goes, shuts herself into this cave. But, but I like that where I say their trick, it, it was strange. The song went on way too long. They're trying to basically tempt her out. And then when she, it's like, it's opens, like basically a whole dance sequence. Yeah. And it just went it's, on, it and start, on and on. It starts like realistically portraying it. And then it like goes into like a whole more abstract interpretation of of the performance they're putting on like it it lasts a while but what cracked me up was okay so the all of a sudden they realize the sister the doors cracked open because of course you ever you know she admits she's the son she she right. admits you know all this um and and so she's like why are you all celebrating you know and they're basically like, we've elected an, or we found a new queen or whatever she's like what and of course they show a mirror with her and then they all open this you know try to open this cave door and it takes the entire court and all the people but what cracks me up is like why couldn't she have just shut it back but i don't know but she's she like uh, back, fair play you got the guess, door open I guess, yeah. but but they all come back out again but yeah so that was that was interesting but yeah oh, i love back, her design yeah yeah no she looks good uh back more directly with the animation uh the orochi was really was animated really cool it's basically like you never actually see the body that the heads are attached to um but it's it's got eight different heads that are all moving around um and and always look pretty pretty awesome uh there was some animation on it that actually made me think of the uh long neck dinosaurs in fantasia interestingly mm. um especially um there, there was one of the shots where like a couple of them kind of kind of went up and like three of them were looking in, in, in a direction that reminded me a little bit of that. And then there was also this particular shot when uh, they had set up a bunch of sake bowls for the heads to drink out of. And uh, one of the heads 
finished mm-hmm. theirs and like threw it and it broke, but then clearly wanted more. And so it kind of like slowly like started pushing another head away, trying to get into the thing, which felt really reminiscent of a part in Fantasia where one of those long neck ones is like pushing another head to try to like drink some water or something mm. uh, to the point that I'm curious if the, if they like, used that as part of their study on how to do these or if it's just so whatever animator worked on it had seen Fantasia and that's just that's ingrained in their head or I I don't know but it was cool I liked it and the Rochis always looked great for the uh, back to the dancing scene Mm. it kind of reminded me then the more abstract parts of like heffalumps and woozles with the color scheme and stuff like Uh, that yeah sure Um, it was it was interesting but it was it was a bit long and uh, for the story, like, Susano wasn't in there, so it felt a, a bit of a digression. Though yeah. it probably is a separate myth that they're kind of pulling into right. it. So, Or even part of the same myth, but that just kind of veers into a, a tangent story. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, it does. It feels like you could cut from them fighting to her saying, sorry, the court says you have to go and not lose anything story-wise. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I could have yeah. done without that. Yeah, yeah like, but... it, it, it is completely unnecessary in that way. Uh, you could certainly argue that it has other aspects that make it worth keeping in the in the picture, but, like, from a story standpoint, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything necessary. Oh, there was a, uh, an interesting framing that I liked uh, a few times they, they with the dancer, uh, she was dancing on top of like rock formations and uh, like it had some of the uh, accompanying band on them as well. Uh, and I liked whenever it showed that there were, she was on one formation and they were on one further away and they both moved in such a way. It looked like there was, a, the camera was rotating around them or I don't know it was it was really interesting and I think the most successful one was when they were both on the side and it felt like the camera was rotating there were some where it felt like she was in the center and I think the intention was to have things rotating around her but it didn't quite feel like that it it felt more animated than the other one that felt more composed if that makes sense I don't know. There there were some interesting things within the dance scene. It was just long and, and and didn't have any bearing on the actual film. Another neat animation back to um the the eight-headed dragon is when the when the dragon entered the scene, he came from behind mountainscapes and all these jagged mountains. And then you would just you started seeing the heads some of the heads come up and then they started kind of almost weaving around. And then again, the way they did have each of those heads come to the sake bowls uh, or your huge pictures, whatever was just really good. Really good. No, it was, it was intimidating. Definitely. And I'm going to use that. And us continuously talking about a musical sequence uh, to dovetail into talking about the sound design because the music in this film was done by Akira Ifukube, who is best known for being the composer of the original Godzilla and also many of the other Godzilla movies. Mm. And um, he he's do he does great. 
He does a great <laughs> job here. Uh, the music playing during the opening credits was fantastic. Uh, the music that plays when you meet the fire giant is very reminiscent of Godzilla, uh, his his friend fire giant. Like when they first started talking, there was like a dun 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 dun, like just literally like the Godzilla music almost, which is fascinating. <laughs> uh, the dancing sequence that that music was also fantastic, really lively and energetic, like a dance should be. Uh, and then, as I imagined, hiring Ifukube uh, is really starts to pay off with the Orochi approaching music. Really, like, intimidating. Uh, he uses a lot of brass instruments and stuff, like the, the music that's playing there. And then some of the more uh, march kind of music that's playing and during the fight scenes and stuff. It's good. The music in here is good. Because he's a good composer, and it was a good choice uh, choosing him for this movie that has uh, extended fight scene with the giant eight-headed monster, you know? It's like, he, he knows how to score that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, that intro part, what I liked with how they it was structured, is you would see the effect of him before you even got to see him. And then you see the, the background is like the um, silhouette of the landscape. And it's all dark. And then you slowly see like necks or movement within that darkness. And then it reveals to be the the heads of this dragon. The, yeah, even the, the way that it does that with the heads kind of in the background peeking out over the landscape is directly reminiscent of how Godzilla is introduced in the original Godzilla movie <laughs> with with like this head peeking out over the landscape that then starts rising and it's like, what is that thing? Yeah, yeah. Same same effect, I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is good and effective. Um, uh, and, and one thing I didn't get to say is uh, early in the film when Susano fights the fish, uh, it felt very Powerpuff Girls to me. Oh. Uh, with some of the framing, they had a, a shot where the fish was going towards Susano and Susano was, was uh, shooting towards the fish. It was underwater, so it was more of like a fluid sustained, like thrust towards each other and then uh this the fish eats him and then it explodes because Susano had a sword and like killed him or whatever and it just felt very like powerpuff girls fighting a big monster mm-hmm. uh uh-huh. well no he well he zoomed through it like he came face on and they crashed into each other well i mean but it, he yeah. went through its mouth um but he also at one point with the fish took him by the tail and was swinging him around uh, which cracked me up. He also did that with the lion at the... Sorry, tiger. Yeah. Tiger. It's the tiger at the beginning. And I don't know, one other just funny quip is when he was... The tiger that he fought that he spun around, um, the rabbit had some kind of ring. It was a sumo match. A su- okay, a sumo match. And what were the little characters that would, that had a mother-daughter or father? I think it was a father-daughter, but a yeah, father, they were daughter. Yeah, and it was cute because they were... Basically, the daughter was trying to stretch the circle... Like make... in Pompoco, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's what they are. So that her Raccoon father... dogs is also the way you could refer to them. Yeah, so that her father wouldn't be out yes, of the Yes, that was really <laughs> funny. Great. It was great, sorry. No, that was really cute. I like that. Yeah, no, that, the, another thing of the humor, because then the rabbit one was like, fight me. The tiger was like, oh, my turn. And the rabbit's like, 
uh, no, you should fight somebody closer to your size. And actually, I was going to go home anyway. Yeah. And then Sana's like, oh, I'll fight you. And then the tiger's like, uh, actually, yeah, yeah. I got to do other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because was, that was this really was after the point at which the tiger had already gotten its butt kicked by him previously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so really cute scenes like that. Which, uh, I mean, I guess goes along with the kind of humor that you get the action pack and then you get the humor with Powerpuff Girls, and I think sure. it's what made us all think of all these little scenarios. Uh, Sound-wise, uh, do you know, is the same person do, like, the sound effects? Or I don't think so, but I'm not I'm not sure who it is that was in charge of the sound effect aspect. Yeah, there was really interesting sound effects. Like, uh, so we mentioned the uh, ice or crystal kingdom or whatever it was where the uh, brother lived. Uh, it was, like, lots of frozen stuff. Uh, and there was, and it wasn't clinking or twinkling. There was a sound effect that, uh, that meant, seemed to imply it, but it wasn't like a, a, a clinking that we would be used to. And the guards, when they like moved or interacted, sometimes there was sounds that felt a bit more robotic to me. Uh, so there's really interesting interpretations and, and, um, how the sound kind of reflects that. The only thing that did not match for me was when Suzo, when he was fighting the dragons and he would have the sword and he was up close. First of all, he was just kind of, seemed just like he was kind of like flailing the, the sword. I mean, it just, it, it, it looked very ineffectual in contrast to when he used spears and he got some, he, he um, you know, killed some of the heads with the spear when he was just kind of with this shorter sword. And then there was a sound, I guess what made me think of it, that whatever the sound they used it it almost sounded like um, that it would have been more like in that moon or in that the the ice or glass castle sound. And it, yeah. it just it was strange. Whatever you know, when it, like when he was hitting it and and bonding sure. on it, it, it didn't sound it not was like just what weird. you expected. Yeah, yeah, it was just a disconnect for me. Interesting. Uh, I I have a note here that the um, fighting the fire god noises those were interesting as well. I I don't know if it was that. And then the, uh, of course, the uh, the dragon, whenever it would chomp, it would make like a metallic clinking sound that was very scary and intimidating. And maybe that was the sound. Maybe it was more of a metallic sound that I'm thinking of that would happen when he was up close to the dragon heads with the sword. But since they didn't really make the, the dragon look mechanical, to me, I just, it just didn't, it wasn't a sound that. That I thought went together. Sure. Yeah, to me, I thought it was just more of like an intimidation. Uh, the the strength of that noise. I guess if you you could even say it's maybe a little otherworldly or like not human. It's like oh, this thing is different and scary. Oh, the the other last thing. Just speaking of the Powerpuff Girls, and thinking about the style overall, I wonder like that UPA style. How much it might have? Is it about the same time frame? Nineteen sixties? Yeah, that's that's when UPA started doing their thing. So. Yeah. So, um, I'm I'm curious about the. Uh, no, I I yeah, I think the, uh, the modernist style, like yeah, it's hard to say exactly who influenced who, but like exactly. people were influencing each other with that around this time period. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? So with our short, The Three Little Pigs, um, I told you up front, 
about what a big deal it was, but this time I hid that from you until now for funsies. <laughs> this is considered one of the very best Toei Doga features and a landmark in anime and animated features in general, placing 10th in the list of the 150 best animated films and series of all time compiled by Tokyo's Laputa Animation Festival from an international survey of animation staff and critics in 2003. So people people uh, were influenced by this film and consider it a classic. Uh, one of the assistant directors that worked on this film was, in fact, Asao Takahata, who would eventually co-found Studio Ghibli along with Hayao Miyazaki. We haven't watched much of his work, but Pompoko was directed by him. So mm. he, he worked on this as one of the assistant directors. Um, and this wow. this um, film has has influenced people not even just in Japan but outside because though Craig McCracken I don't think has said anything about it Craig McCracken being the Powerpuff Girls creator his um, contemporary Gendy Tartakovsky has uh, directly said that he wa- has watched this film and identifies it as a primary influence on the direction and design of his TV series Samurai Jack. Oh, wow. Okay. Which na- you can okay. see it now, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> like, you're like, oh, yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, this, this film is uh, considered really good and really influential <laughs> i think is is an important aspect of it um that said how do we think it holds up do we think that there's stuff here in this section the only that doesn't i that i wasn't a real fan of is just well i mean it wasn't really over uh, over too too bad but the, the the dance the the woman whatever in the in the celestial plane the dancer um, the female dancer that, you know, everyone kind of danced around. What about um, Well, ju- just, you know, she basically just had the, the tiny things covering, you know, her breast area. I mean, but I mean, other than that, the th- I guess one thing that I did like is that her body shape, it was interesting. Um, it just she had a, that a pretty same... large upper body. Like she kind of had a, how would you describe Almost like, how they her make arms men a lot of times, triangles. Well, yeah, like her, her arms were pretty thick, connecting to the top of her chest, which was thicker, and then it got thinner towards the waist, I mean, which that's is how, interesting. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, sometimes it's they like draw the men, kind of triangle. that kind of triangle. Yeah, which is interesting. Men, um, and, then, and then the legs were very large, kind of, um, but shorter. It was a pretty cute design. She didn't really look like anyone else either, yeah, which I, was cool. It was distinctive. Yeah, I think that that's it. It was so different than the other than the other designs that we saw. Which I think, honestly, I feel like that is probably one of the things that is part of what influenced Gendy in terms of character design. Like, he has in in Samurai Jack a lot of those kind of distinctive shape characters. Yeah. And and this girl, I think, was maybe one of the most... Like, she had a shape about her that was really distinctive. Yeah, because other than her, I mean, the, the other women characters or girl characters was... The uh, mother, the sister, and the young girl. So not a ton of... The mother and sister are very kind of similar overall design and and sense and susano says to the girl like you look like my mom so yeah the only look- the only reason the sis- the little girl is a little different is just because she's a chunky little girl like she's yeah she's thicker because she's a little girl yeah so uh oh there was some um background characters some women like in the uh dancing scene that yeah. were next to the like the town people were there right. so there were some different uh, background characters, but like in the 
in the the kingdom, uh, the celestial kingdom, the the people who are like, hey, he's messing stuff up. It was like all guys, and, yeah. and maybe that's a reflection of how that would be set up, government ruling wise. Um, but, but I, I definitely say it's a movie where the the women are generally not the ones taking action and like doing things. They're yeah. they're all supporting characters, I guess. Yeah, it's Susano's the active character. Yeah, and his buddies that go along with him on the adventure seem to be guys, and yeah, the the villains are guys. Yeah, um, I'm also I have a little bit of a question mark at a. Uh, Titanbow, the the giant guy, um, partially because of what mom's saying with how he's like kind of the rabbit's punching bag, which takes on a little bit of a gross note for me because he's the darkest skinned person in this movie. <laughs> and he's kind of like often presented as like the big dumb one. Um, he has a few moments that show that like, like him being like, should we maybe talk to someone about this that show that he's not necessarily just that, but uh, it it makes me a little unsure about maybe some colorism being at play here, um, with him being the darker skinned one and generally being depicted as slow and definitely being depicted as like this person that the little scaredy rabbit thinks that he can just beat up on and tell like, Hey, you're you're dumb and blah, blah, you know like yeah. I don't think it called him dumb. No, I felt but it was he more, he talks down to him. I guess yeah. I felt it was more the character's more like accommodating rather than dumb. And yeah, I don't know if he was a leader in the village, but he was the one sent to scout. Yeah. So they, tr- I it seems like they trusted him with that. Just, yeah, certainly. Uh, but when it comes to like the skin color, I thought it was interesting that most of the girls were very light skin compared to yeah <laughs> uh, the guys. Like the the mother to the father, the skin color is very different, and the kind of light skinnedness held for the other other girl characters. Yeah, and that's definitely. I'm, That's a thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there are um, people, Japanese people, who I'm sure have written full on papers and stuff about this that could talk to it, speak to it better than we can. But like, there's definitely colorism is not just an issue here in the United States. So yeah, um, it, and neither is racism. But like, I don't, I'm not as well acquainted with how racism takes shape in Japan compared to over here. Same with um, the colorism, but it is right. just, it's something that. Right. I can't really say like which of these it is, if it's a bit of, but like, I don't know. And I mean, they're intertwined concepts, but yeah. 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 Let's go on to our spoiler alert. Skip to 42 minutes and 35 seconds. I don't actually have any notes here. Do you guys have spoiler time notes? No, um, just that the the fight was a bit long, but it was there a bit were long. there were eight heads, and it, I I guess for the number of heads it was paced well, but uh, I don't and know. It, it felt like it got faster towards the end too. Like you've got the one that runs into the um the rocks and then right after that it's like okay now let's take out two at the same time and then it's the fight against the final boss kind of thing which didn't that final fight didn't take all that long either it kind of it felt like it started slower and kind of got quicker to me yeah and i wonder if there was a bit of a uh extra challenge in terms of you know after the dragon was defeated one of the things that happened is 
the land that it, that it died on turned very verdant and 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 green and where the heads lied turned into rivers and so or like a waterfall too so i wonder if it's like well this one needs, should run into the rocks because this one's going to be the waterfall head i think that that in particular i think was certainly very purposeful yeah and and like what other parts of that was a choreographing of how things fall and should you know turn I think, into i felt like for the most part it kind of they just kind of put them wherever they wanted once they were showing them turn into rivers but the the waterfall one was like yeah we got to have one over here on these tall rocks yeah 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 which was also you mentioned that some of that final fight uh, reminded you a little bit of hercules uh fighting the hydra in disney's hercules and the the one that ran into the rocks was most reminiscent of that for me since it got crushed by rocks and died which is how the hydra was defeated yeah um but unlike the hydra these heads don't come back no more no more heads once these ones are killed the other part of the hydra fight was with the uh flame god or the fire god where yeah 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 cut it and it exactly But, oh, so, so yeah, the end of the film is the dragon is defeated. The land is suitable for people to live on. Big Timbo's uh, tribe will, or, or people will live there. And it turns out, like, this is where the mother was. So, so this is where Susanoo will live. The end. No more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? For me, I think I'm going to say just the dance because it just went on way, way, way too long. And I, again, I I don't feel like it added anything to the actual story. Yeah, I, I'll even go a step further and just say everything from her running off until she tells Susano to leave. Uh, it's, it was interesting enough and I don't hate it, but it's like the one scene, scene in the movie that you can just literally cut from it and it doesn't. It doesn't affect the plot at all. So in that in that sense, yeah, I don't know if it was interesting enough to warrant the time spent on it. I, I don't know. Your mileage will probably vary on that. Maybe for some people it's their favorite part. But for me, I think I'll go ahead and say that scene. Yeah, I, I think with that full scene, the main thing that we would get out of it is are the, what we would lose if we just cut that out is her... Her hesitance of not wanting to do it, but being forced to in a way by she's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to leave. And it's not very clear what her motivation actually is in terms of like, I don't like fighting versus like, I know how this is going to end. Instead of doing that, I'm going to leave. I, I, You don't know. Uh, but it feels like they got me like, sorry, they don't want you here. So I have to say you, you can't stay here. But later on in the film, she has a boon for uh, Susano as well. So that kind of like, you know, if if you cut it, but then she has the boon, is that less impactful? Uh, I don't know, but... I, I think you could certainly argue that, yeah. Yeah, so I I think yes as a whole, it's it's long. And so if... I, I agree that's my least favorite, but I think it still needs something there if you were to remove it. I think it could be improved even just by having Susano be a more active part of it. Yeah. Because he's like just pretty much not there for that whole part. Yeah, you don't see him at all. Yeah. yeah and and it, again, it's probably a different story from exactly. her myth. So that's hard to... Yeah, like I get it. Um, or yeah. as much as I can. He could have also opened the door or opened the cave wall 
by himself, <laughs> practically. Why didn't Possibly. they have him there? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, what was your favorite scene in the movie? I think I'm going to say for me, even though, well, anyway, uh, it is with the brother, the moon god. I, I just really liked after Susano had wrecked. I mean, imagine Frozen, you guys, the beautiful ice palace and all these these columns of ice and all that. He just wrecks. He goes after the guards. He just knocks down all these pillars. He just wrecks it. And then, and then the brother just kind of like in one smooth move, just kind of waves his hand and just everything goes back to the way it was. And I don't know. I just really liked that. I really appreciated that. <laughs> oh, and that, that made me think of character wise is probably a reflection of both this moon, probably calming brother versus this more, uh, fiery yes reactive <laughs> sister so that's it's probably a means of characterizing them as well sure yeah um for my favorite i think it will be uh the introduction of the eight-headed dragon like seeing the like the earthquakes and stuff and then his appearance like the build-up to his appearance yeah yeah I think I'm actually going to go with way early on in the movie where uh, they're they're doing their little sumo wrestling match. And, and I, I just I enjoyed the, the part where he's chilling out with his animal buds, you know, yeah. and, and they're doing they're doing silly things. So, yeah, I, th- I think that part I just it was cute. Was it uh, Neza where he was chilling with animal friends, too? Maybe, I don't Maybe, know. yeah. I don't know, but... <laughs> Maybe I like people chilling with animal friends. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying that, like, that's a a, a fun characterization of just, like, these... Just... Demigods or gods. Yeah yeah, 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 like, they have these animal oh, or, friends. Or the, the one that's... Uh, I forget the name of it, but the... That's based on Journey from uh, Journey to the West that has the Monkey King, and he's hanging out with his monkey pals Yeah, instead. yeah. It's just, you just have a good chilling scene. Yeah, where it's yeah. Like, they're, yeah. You know, they, they didn't ask for this, but, you know, <laughs> something happens and things have to change. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? I'm going to say father. <laughs> you knew I was going to say that. I knew it was between two things for you. <laughs> I wasn't sure what you were going to go with. I think I'm going to say the father just because when he's crying, I mean, the dad, in fact, I think just, yeah, I mean, like first stops when he first started bawling, but then he's just like, stop crying, you know, <laughs> just no help at all. Who's your second least favorite character? The rabbit. Yep. <laughs> the rabbit. I knew it was between those two. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll go with the dad as well. Yeah, the dad. Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> Bad dad. Bad, Bad dad. dad. Come for your son at least a little bit. I Jeez. know. A little bit. Yeah. Good dad. Tanuki dad. Good dad. Tanuki dad. Truth. <laughs> Who was your favorite character in the movie? The rapid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to go with Susano. I really like the horse, but I don't know if that's enough of a character. Um, horse just so so the so horse precious. was pivotal to the plot. Okay, so can I go with the horse? I think you can go with the I horse. I loved the horse. It was so precious. And he was just such a Specifically good horse. the horse at the end, because there is a horse in, when he's up in heaven that he hits and causes chaos. Uh, but no, the horse yeah, that helps out. Why did he hit that horse? To, to try to get it to do stuff, oh, but then okay. it just tr- yeah. trampled everything. Anyways, yeah, no, the little cute baby horse thing. Yeah. That, that, that's so cute. Yeah, and even like at the end, I knew of course he wasn't uh, at the end of the battle, 
you know, he would, he knew it was going to be fine. So he's got to go off but, and have his own horse adventure. No, no, no. But it, the little horse was standing over him, like, you know, nothing oh, yeah, to, yeah. like, till he came to. Yeah. Just, yeah. He's a nice little horse. He was. Yeah, I think with Susano, he's so, he's not a bad kid, but he's so careless and, and tempestuous that it's hard to make him your favorite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a little bit of a, too much of a mess. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh with the sun goddess because she's also a mess, but yeah. in a, a more fun way. Yeah. <laughs> with that kind of like, oh, he let out all the water. <laughs> that was so funny. I guess I'll have to be a bit more strict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the giant Orochi. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. giant monster. Fair. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. I've watched every Godzilla movie. I like those. <laughs> I like giant monsters. I was gonna say it came in like a Godzilla movie. It so literally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a cool. It was cool, and the best head was the one that that was the final boss. So like, yeah. <laughs> it just looked the coolest. It had the black color scheme, but like a kind of red underbelly. Yeah, and it had a, an actual pupil. I feel like the other heads just had. Like colored eyes, but no visible pupil. But that that main head like had had a, a different color inside the color, so it had yeah. like a pupil moving around. And hey, here's the question: If if sorry, if that that head had survived, uh-huh. how would it have gotten around? Just drug around? I don't. We never saw, we never saw the bot. The I mean, but, but drag around seven I don't know. dead heads. I don't we know. don't know. We never saw what the heads, what the necks were attached to. I know. It would probably bite the other heads off. Probably. And maybe uh, eat them too. That'd be messed up. Uh, but uh, one thing that I did like about the the dragon as well is the the heads were like different colors or they all had an, a unique design some were the same color and then the uh the breath powers as well differed for some and, yeah. I, and that was unexpected and they would like turn color when they started like using it yeah yeah that that was fun uh, it was a very uh it's cool design yeah yeah what character would tim curry have played if he were in the english dub for this movie which i don't believe he is i didn't check I wonder what the English dub sounds like. Who can say? I think there was an English dub like put out around the time. Like I think they brought it oh. over to America, but then probably hacked it to pieces editing wise and tried to make it as not Japan as they possibly could because that's what they did back I, then. I wonder. <laughs> no, that'd be interesting because I wonder how. Uh, it was hard enough to find it. this, and, so I I don't even know Mark, how Craig you McCracken, could. Gendy Tartakovsky. I wonder how he saw it. A good question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I imagine he's a weeb and he looked it up, but I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot that you're putting on Gendy Tartakovsky. Prove me wrong, Gendy. Come on the pod and tell me you're not a weeb. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we all know that you're lying. You made Samurai Jack. Come on. <laughs> I would, I would say a good choice for Tim Curry would be the fire god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he actually talked because I was like, he can't be yeah. Orochi. It doesn't yeah. say anything. No, and and, and we and don't I, want to yeah. make him the awful dad. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a yeah, know, perfect. No, choice. I like thank that you. perfect choice. Thank Good, you, thank you, you, you thank won you. this question. I, yeah. Thank you, thank you. I love Tim Curry, so yeah, got to give him a good role. Got to give him a good role. All right, let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. This movie was uh, visually very, very interesting. I liked a lot of the choices that they made. Music was great. The the sounds were also interesting. There was a lot to like here. Some of the scenes were a bit too long or a bit of a digression from from it feels like the full story of the film. 
overall, I, I, I'd recommend it. It was, it was enjoyable to watch. And for rating, I'll, because I didn't, I guess because of the scenes that were digressions are a bit too long, I'm going to knock some of it for that. So I'll give it a, I think I'll give it a 3.5. I'm so glad you did that because actually that's exactly kind of what I was thinking. I don't think I'm quite up to a 4.0 because it's not 100% my taste as far as story, story flow, and animation style is not just my absolute favorite, even though it was really neat animation. So I would recommend it, and I would say 3.5, good movie, but I don't know how much rewatchability I think is why I'm going to stick with 3.5 for me, at least. Um, yeah, I will also go 3.5, I think. I, like, it's... I think if I was talking just purely in terms of my own enjoyment, it might be more like a three or something, but I want to give it credit where it's due in terms of it being an influential film. And, and I like, yeah, I recommend you watch it. Uh, Maybe it'll be more to your taste. I think it's harder for me to get into the kind of quest things where it's just a series of somewhat disconnected adventures. Um, That's just never necessarily going to be my favorite. Um, But there's a lot to love in here, um, and it it, inf- it you wouldn't have Samurai Jack without this, at least not how Samurai Jack ended up being. So that's pretty cool, right? For <laughs> for people who liked that show, um, yeah, I I think it's good, and you should watch it. Yeah. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much, and please join me on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. CST or CDT, depending on time of year, um, on on Twitch, where I where I stream, and I'm streaming Witcher 3. Guys, it is getting so good. Main storyline, laugh, cry, and sometimes <laughs> I have a potty mouth, and I don't even know that I've done it. I have accidentally dropped the F-bomb a couple of times where I get really tense. <laughs> And I literally did not know till after I was looking to make clips. Uh, but uh, th- these two wonderful ladies will be here uh, supporting me and, and helping me get out of out of um, tight spots and even calling me on the phone if needed. No, but but really getting great. So Witcher 3, like I said, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Join Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. Next time, we will be watching the first in a series of adaptations of the stories of Pinocchio. We will be starting... We're looking forward to it. (laughs) We will be starting with Mom's favorite Disney movie, Pinocchio from 1940, a movie that she didn't let me watch as a kid because she didn't like it. She's like, I can't let you see this because if you want to rewatch it, I would die. I, genu- I genuinely, <laughs> I think that was part of it. Well, plus the Lost Boys just smoke, drink, whatever, and I felt like they glorified that. I'm like, I don't want to They're teach pu- my They literally get turned into donkeys and punished for it. I know, which was terrible, too. I so just it's not it glorified. Not- well, I know. I, that is true. That is true. It just, <laughs> I just thought, this is just, like, terrible. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> we'll be watching that, and then we'll be watching four other versions of Pinocchio oh. after it. Get ready. Um, get oh ready for that. Happy New Year. We got a Russian version. We got an Italian version. No. We've got the awful, I haven't seen it, but I assume awful li- Disney live action oh, remake. Man. And most uh, the one I'm most anticipating is Guillermo del Toro's version. So, I'm yeah. Interested. We, got, we got a lot of Pinocchio coming up for you this year. For that one. Yeah. Uh, so. 
Hope you're hope you're looking forward to that. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> Bye. 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 Love y'all. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening. Imagine Frozen.